Good morning, everyone. I missed you all last week. And thank you. Someone said they missed me. I appreciate that. The rest of you are like, he was gone last week? Before we uh, jump into what I really want to reflect on with you today, I just want to make one note from our first reading. Our first reading and our gospel mutually kind of interpret each other. And that's very frequently the case when you come to Sunday Mass. So when you come to Mass, right, the, the Word of God is really trying to speak to you. And when you, that first reading, almost always, there are very few exceptions, sheds light on the gospel and vice versa. And so when you come to Mass, that's a great thing to look for. It'll get you more engaged in the liturgy. It'll help you to listen. But in our first reading today, we heard about Abraham's hospitality. And I just want to encourage you to that. I think many of us, many Catholics are looking for ways, how do I get involved? Father Brian, how do I work for the kingdom of God? And sometimes we think, well, I don't know scripture really well or theology, or maybe I don't have time to go work at Samaritan House and serve the poor. One of the many options, one of the many ways that you can be a good Christian is to be a person of hospitality. I have a couple of friends like this who... They, um, many of them, their children have kind of grown up, but what they've done is they've made their homes centers of Christian friendship. And it's just wonderful. Everyone's looking for that. Every one of you here this morning, and me too, we're all looking for a place that we can be with friends, have a cup of coffee, you know, on a pastry or something, and just be with other Christians. It's one of the best things you could ever do. And my, when I was in seminary, my best friend who's a priest, his parents did that every single Sunday. And our group of friends knew that after Masses, we could always go to their house, and there were like 20 of our friends, and we spent Sunday together, free from the world and anxieties, that's the second part of the sermon, and just talking about God and life. It was wonderful. So maybe that's you. Maybe some of you are called to do that. Okay, there's sermon number one, end. Here's part two. Okay. One of my favorite proverbs, I just thought of this when I was sitting there because it fits. Uh, there's a proverb that says, what I want to drive at this morning, there's an order to things. You and I, there's so many good things we can do as Catholics and as human beings, but we need to get the order right. So one of my favorite proverbs says, uh, the mouth, or I'm sorry, the mind of the fool, right, the mind of the fool is in his mouth. But the mouth of the wise is in their mind. Hear that again. The mind of the fool is in his mouth. But the mouth of the wise is in his mind. It's basically, it's an ancient Hebrew way of saying, think before you speak. Right? People who have wisdom they don't always just spout their opinions about everything because they know that the world's complex and they need to think and be thoughtful about what their opinions are. But fools are always talking about their opinions about everything and so prove themselves to be fools. I know what you're thinking. That's Father Brian. Stop judging me. Okay? (laughs) It is kind of true. I have way too many opinions. There's an order to things. Brothers and sisters, you and I have to to think before we speak. We need to get proper 
things in order. We have to have first things first and second things second. How many of you have seen the movie The Bridge on the River Kwai? Okay. That's your homework. Go home and watch this. The Bridge on the River Kwai is one of the the greatest, I think, one of the greatest films ever made. And it's a World War II movie. And it really demonstrates this point. And Alec Guinness, all you Star Wars nerds, this will be your bait if you're a Star Wars nerd. Alec Guinness is Obi-Wan Kenobi in like the original Star Wars from the 70s. He's in that movie, and he said that it was like the finest work he ever did. So the, the movie's about a British um, kind of platoon that's been captured in World War II. And they're in Southeast Asia, and what's going on is they are, they're put in this prison camp, and the Japanese make them build a bridge. It's actually not a true story, but it works for this sermon. So, don't you love it when your priest lies to you? He's <laughs> like, like, by the way, everything's made up. So, But the point of the movie is that the, the British, the, the main character, Alec Guinness, begins to motivate his soldiers. He knows that they're going to be healthier if they really take pride in their work. And so they build this beautiful bridge. They work their tails off. They are very careful, they're very efficient, and they build this stunningly beautiful bridge for the Japanese uh, railway. But the movie, as it goes, towards the end of the movie, the, the plot, and if you don't want a spoiler, cover your ears, but there's a, a, someone who escapes from the camp, and he comes back with a, a small group of soldiers, and they blow up the bridge. And it's a thought-provoking movie because Alec Guinness, the commander of the British soldiers, the platoon, he says, at the end, he has this conscience. He has this just pain of conscience, and he says to himself, what have I done? Because he didn't think first about the goal of what he was doing. And in the end, the, the, the point of the movie, in some ways, is that Even though it brought health to his soldiers, he was helping an enemy army do something wrong. And I think you and I do this. Brothers and sisters, we have to have first things first. As Christians, the first thing we usually do is we say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? What work can I do? And brothers and sisters, the first thing you have to do as a Christian is you have to sit at the feet of Jesus Christ and listen. You have to listen. Good works are necessary. It's so important for you and I to be out in the world teaching the truth, loving the poor, visiting the sick and those in prison. But oftentimes we assume we know what God wants. And no, we don't. We only know what God wants if first we sit at his feet and we listen. I think that sometimes as a pastor, this is, you know, Lord's praise God. God has been so good to me and I think he's been so good to our church and we're growing. And, and sometimes, you know, I'm like, there's, we have these great plans. And I ask God in prayer and I say, Lord, what if you didn't want this parish to be what I think it should be? And what if, what if God wanted Our Lady of Lords to fail for us to learn humility? So that's why I'm announcing we're actually closing the parish. I'm just kidding. 
But sometimes, brothers and sisters, we don't know what God thinks, right? The, no one would have thought the way God would save the world was through the death of his son. Right? People never would have said that. And Peter tries to stop Jesus. What are you doing? The first task, first things first, is you and I have to learn what God wants. And, other, and finally, just cap that off, to be a Christian means that we listen before we act. We listen before we act. So that's the first point. That's what Mary does today. It's not that Martha's bad. Martha's doing a good thing. She's being hospitable. She's serving. She's loving in the way that she knows how to. But Jesus says Mary has chosen the better part. Why? Because Jesus Christ is wisdom himself. Right? You, another way of saying this, brothers and sisters, is you were not created to do things. You were created to be someone. My mom used to have this sticker on her, a magnet on her refrigerator. Some of you might have this one, and it says, God has created me uh, to accomplish a certain number of things. Right now, I am so far behind, I will never die. That magnet is 100% heretical, and I condemn my mother. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, sorry, Lord. Um, but, but it's not true. Brothers and sisters, you were not created first and foremost to do something. You were created first and foremost to be someone. You were created to be someone who loves the truth, who loves goodness, who loves beauty. Right? The most important people in our lives aren't people who just did something good. They're someone that just who they are speaks volumes to us. My grandmother was this way. My grandmother, it wasn't just the things that she did that made her who she was. There was just something in my grandmother beyond words. She was simply good. That's why you were created. Okay, so before we act, we have to listen. Here's the second point. If you're going to listen, it has to be intentional. Right? It won't, if, if you're not intentional about sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, it won't happen. I promise you that. Sometimes I get frustrated. You know, the, when Adam and Eve fell, our world was changed. And I don't know about you, but I get frustrated because it's just so hard to be a good person, isn't it? Don't you just wish it was easier? I always wish I'm like, Lord, why is it that all the food that's so delicious makes me fat? Like, wouldn't it be awesome if it was the other way around? It's like, if I could just eat chili rellenos and ice cream all day and be like ripped, how awesome would that be? That's how it was in the garden before the fall. <laughs> There's certain things, right, that had to change, right? Before the fall, right, I imagine there were no bugs and there were no cats. Cats are evil. Um, <laughs> But it's an uphill battle. Here's my point. If you're going to choose to listen, brothers and sisters, you have to be intentional. The other, the image I want to use for this is when you grow a garden, if you've ever been a gardener, you know that weeds grow faster than the plants you want to grow. If you're going to be a good gardener, you have to be intentional. You have to weed out the weeds. You have to, you have to cultivate that garden. And here's my simple point. Brothers and sisters, the world 
is always, always, always going to demand more of your life. Always. Jesus today, so what he says to Martha, I love this passage. We're in Luke chapter 10. And Jesus says to Martha, he says, Martha, if I can find it, here we go. Martha was distracted with much serving. And Jesus, after she talked to him, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Brothers and sisters, most of you, you're here on Sunday. You want to love Jesus Christ. You want to follow him. But the way that Satan's going to work in your life is he's going to distract you with anxiety. The word for anxiety right here uh, is Miriam Nao. Jesus uses the same word in Luke chapter 8, two chapters earlier. Remember the parable of the sower. The sower goes out and he sows seed and some falls on a path, some falls on rock, some falls among thorns, and some falls on good soil. And Jesus says in Luke 8, Luke 8, 14, he says this, the seed is the word, right? When God speaks to you, when Jesus preaches to you, he says the, the seed that fell among the thorns are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the anxieties and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Anxiety about worldly things is poisonous to the Christian life. It will distract you. It won't even be bad things. You're probably doing good things. We've got to mow the lawn and clean the house. We've got to answer our emails. We've got to make sure that our children actually brush their teeth. Whatever it might be, those are good things. But brothers and sisters, it'll never stop. Anxieties about the world will choke your spiritual life. And I think that's most of us in this church. It's certainly me. So today's parable, or the story today of Martha and Mary, what's it about? It's about intentionality. If you don't carve space in your life to simply listen to Jesus Christ, you will never be a mature Christian. You might do some great things like Martha did. You might serve at table. You may help some poor people. That's great. It's necessary, in fact. But before you do any of that, the real challenge is, Lord, I need to learn to be silent and sit and learn from you. Because I don't know everything. I don't know what it means to be a good human being. I don't know what it means to be godlike. I have to learn from the Savior. I want to give you two practical ways you can do this today. And they both relate to Sunday. The first thing is Sunday obligation. Isn't that a hard thing? You who are parents, your kids come to you at a certain age and they say, why do I have to go to Mass every Sunday? And you say, because Father Brian said so, shut up and get in the car. Right? <laughs> Don't blame it on me. <laughs> okay? It's a hard question to answer, isn't it? Brothers and sisters, if you're going to learn what it means, here's one way to answer it. The world's going to always fight for every inch and every square, whatever, every second of your life. The world wants more and more and more. It's insatiable. If you don't come to Sunday Mass every Sunday, 
you'll never listen to the words of the Savior. You'll never be intentional about carving a space out of your life where you say no to the world. You say no to your boss. You say no to the consumer mentality. And you say, this space belongs to God and him alone. If you don't choose that, there will always be a reason not to go to church. That's one point. Every Sunday, you and I as good Catholics, I, was, I told the last Mass in RCIA last year, we had this great guy, and he was an evangelical Protestant, and he was going through RCIA, and we never, this is the secret of Catholicism, you never start with rules. Right? People come, and they're like, well, what do I have to do? And I'm like, just, just wait, we're going to tell you how awesome the Catholic Church is. We'll tell you about the rules later. And we, we got about halfway through the class, and this came up, and they said, well, how often do we have to go to church? And I was like, <laughs> every Sunday. <laughs> and he was like, excuse me? I was like, oh, and Holy Days of Obligation, too. And he was, like, overwhelmed. He didn't become Catholic, actually. Maybe he will. I hope so. But it's a lot. It's, it can feel like a lot, but it's not really. The world wants everything. It will take everything. Jesus, right, he only asked for an hour on Sundays or at Lord's an hour and a half, right? You have to carve that space out of your life to say no to the world, to say, I wasn't made to work. I was not made to shop. I was made to encounter truth, goodness, and beauty in Jesus Christ. Finally today, Brothers and sisters, Sunday belongs to God. It belongs to him. It's the day of your redemption. Today is the day that God promises you eternal life. He conquered sin and death today. Sunday is not like the other six days of the week. It belongs to Jesus. Does your Sunday look different? Does it look different from your neighbor who just goes and makes Sunday about him or herself? For us as Catholics, and the, the secret is to make you happy and rested and joyful, Sunday belongs to him. Be intentional about that. As a family, when you go to dinner tonight, sit down, print off the readings for today, and when you sit down as a family at dinner, talk about the word of God. What did St. Paul mean in Colossians when he says, I fill up the sufferings of Christ? What does that mean? Maybe you don't know, but talk about it as a family. Sunday belongs to him. Finally, this morning, I just want to leave you with this. If you've been going to Lourdes, you've heard me say this many times. Thomas Merton sums all of this up in one simple phrase. And I love it. Thomas Merton says, and he was just a very wise monk, he says, the secret to life is discerning the difference between what is urgent and what is important. The secret to life is discerning the difference between what is urgent and what is important. Jesus, Lord, I know and we know you did not create us to be efficient, to just accomplish tasks. Lord, you created us to know, love, and serve you. Jesus, free us from the poisons of worldly anxieties. And Lord, free us to sit at your feet and listen to your word.